This episode is sponsored by Vision Trust. Vision Trust is an organization that provides essential support in the areas of health, education, and spiritual development to children and adolescents living in poverty around the world. Vision Trust is brimming with female role models who are investing in the next generation of women. Their love is defiant. It stands strong against all odds, and yours can too. Join us in raising up confident young women that embrace their God-given talents to create a better future for us all. Learn more at visiontrust.org forward. This episode is sponsored by Patricia Asp of Aspire. Does your company culture have what it takes to last? After the upheaval of the pandemic, many companies and organizations are struggling to adapt to new regulations, new workflows, and new workplace culture. After witnessing the dramatic weakening in the core values of great companies during mergers, acquisitions, and rapid growth, Patricia Asp, a forward board member and principal, launched Aspire, an organization founded to preserve the goodness in companies by hardwiring culture for sustainability. If you're interested in conducting a culture sustainability assessment, go to patriciaasp.com slash contact dash us. Make 2023 the year your company soars. Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. In our last episode, you met Martha Newsom, President and CEO of Medical Teams International. We got to learn more about how Martha became a passionate advocate for global health and how she has navigated being a female leader in a male-dominated world. In this episode, Martha and I talk about how Medical Teams International is working to bring awareness to more issues happening around the world. Martha also shares who the most influential leaders have been in her life and what makes her most proud as CEO. Let's jump back into our conversation with Martha. Well, we paused our discussion in the previous episode talking about the importance of female leaders as health advocates. So in your current role, how are you raising up women to fill these needed leadership positions? Um, thanks, Jordan, for that question. And, and I again, as we've been talking about transformational leadership, I think it's important for women to be represented at every level of the organization. Um, yeah. As I recently mentioned the story about how I came to be president and CEO of medical teams. We need diverse representation on our board. And we are really fortunate that about 50% of our board are female leaders, but we need women at the executive um, level at um, director and mid levels. And we have certainly seen at medical teams that we absolutely need women to be at the lowest level of the organization as community health workers. Those volunteers are incredible catalysts in their community, um, linking to moms, uh, making sure that pregnant women get registered, that they get the services that they need. Um, So really we are trying to work to ensure that women are represented at every level within medical teams. I'm a little disappointed. We need to work a little harder to get some more women at the country director level. Um, And of course, that was a a really critical role for me that I think brought me to the position I'm at now. And so we um, 
we don't quite have the representation that we need there, but I am really committed to seeing women at every level of our organization because of you know, all the reasons that I've mentioned. Well, and I'd love to pause right here. I realize we haven't really even talked about what medical teams does. So can you give just a as, <laughs> as broad of an overview as you can of what it is that you guys do and you know what your goals are? Oh, thanks, Jordan. Medical Teams is a Christian-inspired health and humanitarian organization, and we really exist to bring medical care to people in crisis. Mm. Our um, vision and mission, we've wrapped it up into one statement that we affectionately say is our calling, and it's this, that we daring to love like Jesus we boldly break barriers to health and restore wholeness in a hurting world. Mm. And so we just want to come alongside um, when people are in crisis and provide that needed medical care. So overseas that shows up um, in the fact that we work in real humanitarian situations, whether we're responding to disasters or conflict. And so we have programs um, where there are huge refugee needs and are working with refugees in Tanzania and Uganda, Sudan, Ethiopia. We're responding to the conflict in Ukraine and working with migrants in Colombia. We also made a very strategic decision to continue to have a U.S.-based program because we know that we've got neighbors that are dealing with um, lots of challenges right in our backyard. And so we have um, had a history of a mobile dental program that we have um, pivoted uh, to a program that we call Care and Connect. And it's so as we are getting to people with mobile dental services with these big RVs, we have sought to bring, to wrap around and bring other critical services that they need to care and connect them to a medical home. So that's a little bit about medical teams. We've been around since 1979, started by a businessman in Salem who saw the plight of the Cambodians as they were fleeing across the border into Thailand and really felt like God, um, you know, said he needed to do something. So two weeks later, um, there was a medical team on a plane headed to Thailand to actually partner with a World Vision Hospital that was receiving Cambodians and helping them. Mm -hmm. So that's a a bit about medical teams and what we do and what we feel called to do. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. I I knew that our audience needed to hear exactly what it was you're talking about, because I know you guys have done incredible things. And you you are a CEO who will put her boots on the ground and she will go out and she will go and visit the women and the the people that you're influencing. And you actually, you mentioned you recently went to Cambodia or to Colombia, I'm sorry. And from what I hear, it was a pretty amazing trip. So what what were some highlights from that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked about that trip. Um, it was so good to be with our Colombian team and have a chance to visit um, that program and talk about women. Uh, there are women at every level in that program. And I think the heroes, especially the unsung heroes for me, were those community health workers. In fact, the very first village that we um, visited was an uh, illegal settlement that was literally on top of trash. It was mm. rough. It was really hard for us to see the 
just the environment where these migrants were living. And because it was an illegal settlement, it means that, you know, the city doesn't have to provide services. It doesn't have to worry about the trash or provide sanitation and hygiene um, or health services. And so we joined our team of young, vibrant community health workers in that, um, in that area, that settlement. And while we were there, I got to talk to a grandmother that our team had helped her and her daughter um, connect her grandson to services because he had cancer. I really wonder if that environment is what caused this, Mm. you know, this young boy, just three years old um, to have cancer. Um, But our team had made sure that he was connected into those services. And Jordan, as we were coming out of that village, village, we, um, we stopped to take some pictures and then just saw this beautiful mural on the wall and, and asked them, what does that say? And sure enough, it was like purple and pinks and hearts. And, and it said, women are strong, powerful, and have talent. And we just felt like God just kind of gave us that sign as a exclamation point to the amazing team and the work that they were doing with these migrants, so many of them women and children. And so we took some pictures with the, you know, against the backdrop of that beautiful mural and the a few other places that we visited, you know, it was just all about these community health workers just being powerhouses in terms of helping uh, migrants to get the care that they need. And um, many of them having stories of real difficulty themselves. Um, One of them, in fact, who had been abused and now was doing training to help women understand their rights, that they don't have to stay in abusive situations and helping them understand where to get help um, if they find themselves in that unfortunate circumstance. Hmm. As you're leading teams and you're encouraging and you're empowering these medical teams leaders that are around the globe, what makes you the most proud and excited as CEO to see? Oh, so many things. It's hard to, <laughs> to net that out. But I think um, in summary, we have had a really ambitious strategic plan um, for five years to triple our impact. And with that, we've had three aspirational goals um, to triple the number of refugees and displaced that we're serving triple our capacity to respond to disasters, and then triple the number of people that we're serving um, right here at home in the U.S. And in essence, we haven't always had all the financial resources that we need, but we're on track um, with at least two of those goals to reach those really audacious targets. Mm. Our um, our one target that we had for ourselves to triple our capacity to respond to disasters, our team really kind of created a moving target because we said, oh, let's, let's, let's measure our capacity against um, all of the disasters in the world. And we've just seen the number of disasters go up and up. And so, so that one we may not quite hit, but we've certainly done an incredible job as well in terms of increasing our capacity to respond to disasters. Um, so super proud of the team. And, and kind of underneath that, what that looks like is always being willing to pivot and to 
be agile in terms of responding to whatever the new disaster is, whether that's the conflict in Ukraine. Um, you know, two years ago, the civil war that erupted in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Of course, COVID itself, our U.S. program, um, you know, as we all sort of were told to stay at home, right, in March of 2020, our team sort of paused for about two weeks and then realized, you know, we, we got a lot of counsel from mm-hmm. our chief medical officer and realized that we could continue to run our mobile dental services safely with, mm. you know, our team decked out in those gowns, you know, having the right infection prevention and control measures. And so we got back out on the road and then quickly started to talk to the State Department of Health in Washington, the Oregon Health Authority in Oregon about how we could help. And our team started testing and providing vaccination as well and quickly became mobile COVID teams. Um, So that's just an example of, of what it takes, right, for uh, medical teams to respond to the needs in the world and to be ready um, and focused to um, to respond uh, to those mm-hmm. those really heartbreaking needs. Yeah, well, and medical teams international, you know, you guys, I hesitate to say you get to see the real side of the conflict, but I mean, you're there, yes. you know, and you get to see maybe what the news doesn't share or what maybe. Right is just not wanting to be brought to the spotlight. So Mm -hmm. are there any issues or conflicts that are happening around the world that you want to see get more attention? Yes. Um, Thanks for asking that question. Um, The one that's really heavy on my heart at the moment is Sudan, and it has not been getting to the news. I mean, we hear pretty much daily uh, about Ukraine and the new offensive Mm -hmm. there. And of course, the needs are extreme um, there, but we don't hear much about Sudan. And so in April, a bitter conflict between two military groups broke out and they just started bombing Khartoum, a city of 10 million people. And so now everybody has had to flee. We had to get two of our expats out um, you know, their stories of, of, of getting out of that situation are just hair, re- hair raising in and of themselves. But I think what most Americans um, and the world doesn't realize is that half of that population is impacted. So that's 24.5 million people wow. impacted by a conflict that's hardly getting um, any news. Half a million people have fled across the border. You know, our teams are still in southern Sudan. We had started our work in Sudan responding to the conflict in Ethiopia, uh, to the Tigrayans that were coming across the border. And now it's Sudanese that are going across that same border. um, And we are really needing to scale up. But Mm. it's a conflict that's not getting a lot of attention. And yet the needs are, are really extreme. And so I love the fact that that you, you ask that so we can get the word out. Um, because I know that there's so much compassion, um, within the Christian community. It's just that we often don't, don't get the information that we need to be able to respond. Mm. I mean, and I know that there are women and and men in our community who are listening right now and going, okay, what can I do? (laughs) How can I help? How can I get connected? Is there a way to connect with Medical Teams International just as a volunteer or? Absolutely. How how can we help? 
Oh, thanks for that question. Well, you can go to medicalteams.org and there's various ways um, to help in terms of, you know, going to our website. There is a page for volunteers. Um, We do have uh, volunteers that help us in our distribution center to get medical supplies Mm. sorted and packaged um, and out the door. We have an amazing partner that have been, you know, has been sending those supplies to Ukraine. That's one example. Of course, we need resources to be able to respond. So you can donate through our website as well. And we also are collecting and asking for names of people that have experience and would like to be part of our humanitarian response roster. Mm. Of course, that requires a lot of technical um, expertise as a clinician, um, Mm -hmm. but there's that opportunity to, and I think also just being an advocate, um, we just celebrated World Refugee Day um, Tuesday. That was Mm -hmm. World Refugee Day. We've had, you know, so many holidays, Father's Day, uh, Juneteenth, and then then World Refugee Day. So every Mm -hmm. single person can be an advocate um, for refugees and get the word out. I think sometimes there's a lot of myths about refugees, um, you know, that they're all trying to get to the U.S. And in fact, most of them are in neighboring countries to where they fled uh, right next door and and desperately want to go home and just need our support um, mm-hmm. while they're being hosted by those neighboring countries. Um, and that's what that's what we do at medical teams. Mm. Well, and it's just it's so fun to hear you talk about it because you just sound so just invigorated with what you do. And it just, it sounds like it just brings such a light to your life and to those around you. And it feels like you've definitely had good mentors. You've had good examples that you have followed of leaders. And I was wondering, could you think back and maybe recall who the most influential leader has been to you? Oh, wow. That's hard. I, I, I'm thinking about two. Um, <laughs> it can be a tie. Can, can I cheat? Can I cheat? <laughs> of um, course. Well, w- very early in my career, when I was in Washington, D.C., and I had just um, received my master's in public health, I went to work for a contractor that did nutrition programming globally. Hmm. And so really early, like program officer, program assistant. Um, but it was right when I was preparing to get married as well, you know, so had so much going on, uh, you know, trying to organize a wedding and the, the leader of that um, worldwide project, uh, Chloe O'Garis, she uh, gave me a really rough performance appraisal. Hmm. And she's just like, Martha, you know, I know you've got so much on your plate, but you are, you know, you can do better. I expect more from you. And she really called me on the fact that I was just giving sort of an average effort. Hmm. Right. And I am so grateful that she, she just said, you know, we all have a lot that we have to deal with in our personal lives, you know, weddings and babies and family stuff, but I still expect that you can do more and really put me on a path to achieve. And I was quickly, you know, kind of got myself together, got my act together and um, was promoted after that. Um, I think with just her, her pushing me. Um, So I really, really appreciated that. Um, And then that other uh, 
boss that I mentioned, uh, Ken Casey, who was the special representative to the president with World Vision for the HIV initiative, mm-hmm. and wasn't even my boss for a while. So I really just appreciate his mentorship and the fact I reported to him later in my career, but really at that pivotal moment when I was leading our Africa HIV team, I think he helped me to understand what an exponential leader needs to do, you know, Mm -hmm. to really create that vision, a plan and just go after it and, and believe in big things and then rally people around you to achieve that. And so I think he helped me take that next step towards being a transformational leader. And that has stood with me for the rest of my career. Dream big, you know, be passionate, but then come up with that a strong plan uh, to implement the dreams that you have. As we wrap up, what is one thought or maybe a piece of advice that you want our listeners to remember most from everything that we've talked about? I think the one piece of advice um, is to really allow God to push you beyond your um, comfort zone, Mm. Uh, to be willing to step out of the boat. That was really uh, just a word that I had as I considered taking this medical team's position. I had read a book by Mark Batterson that was, was entitled in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. And the kind of the thesis of that book was that not only does God require us to be obedient um, and to live, you know, righteous lives, but he gives us opportunities and he asks us to step out of the boat. Um, I love the fact that at the Executive Women's Forum, we listen to, um, I think it's Admiral is her level within the military that um, Margaret Kibben, and she talked about being in the storm with Jesus, you know, and how Jesus calms the storm. And I went up to her afterwards and said, yeah, I love that picture that you gave to us. But I think Jesus also calls us out of the boat. Um, Peter gets a, a bum rap, right? For, for mm-hmm. stepping out of the boat and sinking. But, but this book talked about the fact that the rest of the disciples didn't get to experience what it felt like to walk on the water. So they were the ones who lost out. So I think the Lord calls us beyond our comfort zone. And I would just encourage this incredible community of forward women to be willing to step out of the boat, you know, take that risk, take the opportunity that the Lord is giving you. And again, prayerfully, right? But but be willing to step into things that seem beyond your capability. And I think that's where God shows up the most and provides everything we need to lean into that opportunity. What was your biggest takeaway from Martha's insights over the past two episodes? Let us know by leaving a review on your preferred listening platform or leave a comment when we share this episode on Forward Social Media. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D, W-O-M-E-N dot org slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave us a review. Your review will help more people discover Work, Love, Pray, so your feedback is greatly appreciated. 
As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth. If you'd like to experience Forward in a deeper way beyond this podcast, we invite you to check out the Forward Mentor Program. The upcoming fall session is now open for mentees and mentors to sign up. This 10-week program connects Christian women in the workplace with mentors who share their beliefs, and mentor-mentee pairs are handpicked according to the mentee's goals and current hurdles they'd like help getting over. To sign up for the fall session of the Forward Mentor Program, visit www.forwardwomen.org mentor. The deadline to sign up for the fall session is Friday, September 1st. We can't wait to see you in our next mentor program class.